Well, hello there, friends, and welcome to the Where Sparrows Sing podcast. This show is all about embracing the promise of abundance and cultivating what really matters in life. I'm your host, Amber Durgan, and together we will discuss what it means to be women devoting ourselves to Christ through all the various roles we play. I'm so excited you have joined me today and cannot wait to uncover the goodness that is sure to be ours. Welcome. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Where Sparrow Sing podcast. Happy first Monday of December. This is such a special month as we all take time to prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus both his first coming, which we celebrate at Christmas, and also his second coming, which is yet to happen. Today, I wanted to go back in our archives a bit and re-release another episode. This one I recorded with my dear friend Lonnie Jones last year is all about sacramental living and the Advent season. Lonnie is full of wisdom. I know she will bless you, and I'm excited for you to be able to hear this episode I recorded with her. I encourage you, even if you are in a Christian church, Christian tradition that does not celebrate Advent, to take a moment to listen to this and really soak in what Lonnie is teaching in this episode. I realize that not everyone is from a liturgical background, but I really do think that what Lonnie is teaching in this episode will bless your heart and prepare it for the Christmas holiday coming up. Now on a completely different note, what the podcast schedule will look like for the rest of 2022. We have this episode today. Next week, I'm bringing my whole family on the show, which I'm super excited about. Then the 19th will be one more solo episode before we take a break for both the 26th of December and the 2nd of January. So from the 19th until the 9th of January, we'll be taking a little break, knowing that we're all going to be wanting to spend the holidays, Christmas and New Year's with our loved ones. With that said, enjoy this episode I recorded with Lonnie. I have the privilege of being her best friend and meeting you through Miss Rebecca Hargraves, our other friend. And um, we met twice in person. But for anyone who does not know you, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and share where you can be found online? Yes. So I am so thankful for social media because, as you said, it is where we met through Rebecca and we are best friends and the Lord is so kind and good um, to have brought us all together. Um, I am Lonnie Jones. I am a wife and mom um, to two littles ages four and two. I'm married to my high school sweetheart and um, we live in Kentucky and I am kind of a nobody to most people on <laughs> social media. Um, I am passionate about what I share and I'm very intentional on what I share, but, um, I don't have a platform, but if you would like to find me, I am at Lonnie Blair Jones on Instagram. You've read me your writings and I'm like, what? You need to be an author. <laughs> <laughs> but today we're going to talk about Advent because it is the Christmas season. Will you define sacramental living for us? Yes, but first I'm going to back up a minute because um, I think if you're a Protestant, um, I mean, at least I know growing up, 
um, I wasn't super familiar with the word sacrament, um, or what a sacrament was, even though I partook of sacraments within my Protestant church, my denomination. Um, so when you think of a sacrament in the Christian church, a sacrament is a ritual that is seen to impart divine grace in the life of a believer. So things like baptism, the Lord's supper, um, some people call that the Eucharist. Um, I always grew up with it saying Lord's supper communion, um, anointing the sick, the laying on of hands. Those are all sacraments. Um, and I, like I said, I partook of all of those growing up. Um, but wouldn't necessarily have labeled them as sacraments. Um, so that is what is, could be defined as a sacrament within the Christian church. Um, so basically just to reiterate divine graces that are given to us through the means of baptism, um, communion, anointing, etc. Um, and so now that I'm familiar with that, and if you're familiar with sacraments, you who are listening, um, those things might be the first to come to your mind. And so sacramental living then is the idea of, and really a calling to view every moment through the same lens as you would baptism, um, those bigger events that you would call sacraments. Um, so it's a call to see the moments all around us in our everyday lives as moments where God's grace is imparted into our lives, um, through those moments, they are gifts given to us, just like baptism is a gift given to us and the Lord's supper and the laying on of hands. Um, but it's harder. It's a harder perspective, um, I think to shift from, you know, thinking those, those bigger events or not events, but, um, I am lost for a word, but baptism, all the things that I've listed, you are more likely to think of those as sacraments, um, being worthy of a sacrament, but really, um, God's grace is in our everyday lives, not just in baptism, not just in the Lord's Supper, um, so on and so forth. So, um, so yeah, sacramental living is seeing beyond those, those bigger um, graces, so to speak, and seeking them out in our everyday life. Where are those graces found in our life where we're at? I also love that I think just how this relates to Advent because I think so many times when we think of sacramental living maybe the first thing that comes up to our mind is more the Catholic Church because it's mm-hmm. part of what they're known for also with Advent a lot of Protestant churches I think have added it within the last 10-15 years but for instance I didn't grow up celebrating Advent within my um, non-denominational Christian church but I knew for mm-hmm. instance more liturgical um, churches, maybe those closer related to the Catholic church did, but how beautiful we can take that into our own life as Christians. And I mean, I'm not saying Catholic aren't Christians, but like as a different sect of Christianity and have that for us too. Yes. Yeah. I, I love it. And I'm so glad that I was introduced to more of the, um, liturgical living, which the liturgical calendar and, um, things that I 
too wasn't as familiar with growing up in a non-denominational church, although we did celebrate Advent, but it wasn't, I've been continually learning um, because the way that we celebrate it is quite different from the ways I've tried to um, understand it, what it meant historically. Um, so that's been, it's been an interesting and fun journey. And um, so I'm, I'm just thankful. Can you share with us um, what Advent is and why it's an important part of the Christmas season for someone who might not know what it is? So Advent just means coming. And within Christianity, of course, we, we celebrate the first coming of Jesus as a baby and the word incarnate to save us all. Um, but it doesn't end there. He's coming again. And, you know, the reason that Jesus came as a baby was to grow up and to um, be a rescuer to the world. And, you know, while we are waiting for his second coming, we, in a way, are practicing what believers did before his first coming. We're, we're kind of stepping into their shoes in a way. So, so yeah, essentially it just means coming. And when I first became more intentional about Advent, I, I started with the She Reads Truth studies. They did different Advent studies. And in the beginning, it was very much my perception of Advent was we wait. It kind of stopped at the birth of Jesus. I don't know if that makes sense. I, it was an anticipation of the light, the light of the world, God incarnate coming to earth to rescue us as a baby. And as I've kind of dived into historically what Advent has been in both the Protestant church and Catholic church, it's been interesting to view it in a different way. It's more of a time about facing the darkness. And that's not something I I really would have associated it with at the beginning of my Advent journey, if you want to call it that. And if it's okay, Amber, I'd like to um, read a couple of paragraphs. Maybe they might not even be paragraphs from a book that I'm reading on Advent this season to kind of frame what I've been learning in the past year or so of what Advent is for us in this season. I would love for you to do that. All right. <clears throat> so this is from... The book, it's called Advent, um, The Once and Future Coming of Jesus Christ. It's by Fleming Rutledge, and it is a compilation of different sermons that she has preached within her ministry. She's like 80-something now, and she is still going, but I've, I've really enjoyed it. So this is from one of her sermons, and she says, Advent for the world, it is a time of counting shopping days before Christmas. Advent for the church It is the season of the shadows, the season of the works of darkness, the season in which the church looks straight down into its own heart and finds there the absence of God. And that kind of, that kind of took my breath away when I first read it, the absence of God. I've never really thought about Advent as being where the church experiences the absence of God, but that's what it is. That's what the first Christians, that's what they did. They were in a world of darkness. They without God in the world. And so Advent for the church, it's a time of almost mimicking what those first Christians did as they waited in the darkness for the birth of Jesus. And yes, Jesus has come, he was born, but Advent doesn't end in 
the manger. Because if Advent ends in the manger, then we're all without hope still. And so I think the importance of recognizing that Advent, Advent is a season of facing the darkness in our world. Because while, yes, Jesus came and he died and he saved us and he's coming again, while he's with us, there's still there's still that absence of the world isn't made right yet. God is with us and yet he is absent in a sense. It's this paradox that we live in the tension of as Christians, God with us, Emmanuel, and yet God is not yet fully here reconciling. He is reconciling the whole world to himself, but that hasn't been fully completed. The liberation of sin and bondage that will happen in the new age to come has not happened. And so we live in that tension. And so I think just seeing that has been a shift for me from what my, you know, the beginning of my Advent journey, probably 2014, as really seeing it as a season of light and anticipation. It's really morphed into something more of facing the darkness and yes, anticipating the light, but recognizing that we still live in the shadows. We're still living in the shadow land while we too wait in the darkness and face our fears with the hope that he is coming again. I love that what she wrote. And I just love, I was thinking when you were talking how it relates to the rest of the church calendar and how, like you said, it doesn't end in the manger. If Jesus had just come and be born and none of the rest of the things like dying on the cross and his resurrection happened, we wouldn't know Christianity. Like there would be no point. But Advent takes not being with Christ, that focus of what would our lives be without Christ the darkness without Christ. And then as we move through the year, we get the light. I just love what she said and how that's powerful. So she says in another one of her sermons, she says the characteristic liturgical position of Advent is Maranatha come Lord Jesus. It is certainly not a prayer for Jesus to come again as a helpless baby. It is the longing cry of God's people for him to return in power and glory when every knee will bow and every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord. And I love that because it just, it kind of follows on what we were just talking about, that Advent doesn't end in the manger. You know, we don't, I think so often within, especially like my church growing up and even still, it's very much a time of celebrating the, the birth of Jesus, which of course is important, but in many circles, it stops there. And it's just taken on a new meaning to, to really lean into that Maranatha cry, come Lord Jesus. He is with us. And yet we are still waiting for when he will be with us fully and the world will be fully reconciled to himself and all things will be made new. So are there specific ways we can celebrate Advent? So I think this is where it's really flexible from person to person, season to season, our lives all look different. And I think in kind of learning more about Advent and how different denominations observe it. I think we have to be careful in making it something that's legalistic almost. The book that I'm reading by Fleming Rutledge, um, she is an Episcopalian. And the way that Episcopal Episcopalians um, observe Advent, many of them historically and other parts of the church too, to really grasp the idea that we are waiting in darkness is not to observe traditional Christmas festivities. So a lot of Episcopalians, they won't put up their Christmas lights until Christmas day. They, you know, they would probably think I'm a heathen because I put mine up on November 1st. Last year, it was October 31st. 
because it's this idea that we don't have, we don't have the light while we're in that darkness during that season of Advent. And if you go to an Episcopalian church during the season of Advent, many churches, you'll notice they don't have Christmas decorations inside. I was listening to one of her sermons on YouTube and she was speaking at a church and they had the nativity scene out already. And it was like first Sunday of Advent and she laughed about it. I mean, it was very lighthearted, but she was like, what are you all doing? Why is the nativity scene already out? This is Advent. So while I think for some people and some denominations that literal waiting in the dark, not participating in Christmas lights and, you know, all of the festivities, I think that can be a tangible way to recognize the darkness that we are waiting in for the light and hope of Christ as a baby and then yet to come again. But that's not for everybody. I think you can be legalistic about it and make it something that it's not. And I think the goal of Advent or practice, really practicing any part of the church calendar is to lean into what, what Christ is teaching you, what the Holy spirit is teaching you through the life of Christ. And so I think um, we just have to be flexible and some ways that I'm participating in Advent this year is by going through this book on Advent, of course, and I'm actually going through one with my church as well. And it's not about a checklist. You know, I, I do what I can. Um, I don't put pressure on myself, but I'm really trying to lean into what the Holy spirit is teaching me and, and really just facing the darkness. I'm in Kentucky and, you know, we just parts of our state just suffered the horrific loss of many lives, homes, and we're in this season of Advent and I were in the darkness, you know? So I think there's reminders all around us. I mean, you don't have to go far from your house or even from your house. You see it on the news, the great darkness in our world. And so I think just facing that and kind of getting uncomfortable and asking ourselves, what is my purpose in this darkness? What is the purpose of the darkness? How long will the darkness last? Really leaning into this season of waiting in whatever way that you need that to be, but not being afraid to sit in those uncomfortable spaces. I think that's a big thing, but also not making it a checklist, as I already said. And we're doing some crafts with the kids this year. I made an advent calendar then, and they're still really young. So, you know, it's not anything fancy. It's just a little wreath that we move up week by week as we get closer to Christmas day. And as they get older, of course, we'll talk right now. It's very much more moving towards the birth of Christ. And as they get older, I want to focus more attention on the second coming of Christ. And while I try to incorporate that on their level, it's just harder. Those bigger themes are harder, but I know they're listening. So as they get older, we will do, do some things that point them more in the direction of his second coming as well. That's super fascinating. Going back to what you were talking about, um, Episcopalians, because a few years ago, Lance and I were church shopping right around Christmas. And we went into this church in Billings that has no Christmas decorations up, not one mention of Christmas. And now I'm just wondering, I need to look up if they are of the Episcopalian leaning because to Lance and I, who have always made a big deal of Christmas, we're like, what in the world is going on? Like, this is kind of, yes, it fell off to us. And I never <laughs> knew that that was their belief or their leaning until you just shared that. So definitely yes, it's interesting. Yeah, it's 
it's fascinating really because it, it I mean it does model that in a very literal and tangible way that reminds you of this very present darkness that we wait in yeah that would be interesting for you all to see if that was an Episcopal church <laughs> right and I just love also when you're talking about participating in Advent with your children they are young but how Advent is a concept that even young children can have a part in even if they don't understand the whole thing. My boys are doing, um, we light a candle every Sunday morning for Advent breakfast and talk about, for instance, yesterday's was joy. So what makes you joyful? Because again, they are young and they're not going to understand the whole story, but it's just so beautiful to me that this is a concept that even the youngest among us can understand yeah. and participate in. Because again, like it just goes back to God's teaching and he came for the least of these. He had such a ministry and a heart for the children. And how beautiful that that's even seen in a season of darkness, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That made me think of, I forgot to share this when I was talking about, you know, our kids being younger and they're not going to understand everything, just like you said, but it's still important to bring them into our Advent observations. But the other night, Wilder was in his bed and he was having a hard time. It was the middle of the night. And, you know, I had laid with him, I prayed with him, then came back downstairs. And, you know, before I leave his room when he's having a hard time, you know, I pray with him and I tell him, God is with you. You know, you don't, you don't have to fear, you don't have to be afraid. You know, all those things that we try to put into their little hearts. And it just so happened to be in the season of Advent when I'm really being intentional about leaning into this darkness and where is God in this darkness? And I heard him over the monitor say, but God, I can't see you. Mm. And he said that a couple of times. And, you know, I think it was just an appropriate, I mean, an appropriate response for his little heart because he can't see God. You know, that's a tough concept to understand God with us. And yet God, we can't see him. And the world isn't completely right yet. And so it's something that we understand innately as human beings, even from the youngest, I mean, Wilder's four, that we hope for God, we long for God, but we can't, we can't see him laying next to us in bed at night. You know, I mean, I had, I never have anyway. (laughs) Um, So there's that longing, even in the youngest of hearts. And so I think it's, that's important to wrestle with and grapple with and lean into. And I just love how God is so tender of a father that he teaches us even through our children. Like how beautiful is that? Yes, absolutely. Now going back a little bit, um, how do you see sacramental living line up with Advent? We talked about this a little bit. As we, Fleming Rutledge, and I keep, <laughs> I keep quoting her because she's really, she's really challenged my perception of Advent the past year and specifically this season of Advent because I've really dove into her books and she said that the church waits in Advent. Like we, we are in, we are in a season of Advent perpetually because we're still waiting for the second coming of Christ. And, and while we're waiting, I think we also watch, we watch for God because while the world isn't fully reconciled yet, while the reconciliation of all things hasn't been established in completion, you know, the scripture that talks about for now, we see through a glass dimly. And that's so true. We don't see things perfectly yet. And while we are waiting, we watch for God to show up in the places that he has already begun to reconcile things, even though they're not fully reconciled. So, you know, going back to the definition of sacramental living, um, just seeking those places, the call 
to find God in the graces that he gives us in our everyday lives. Because while we might not see him laying next to us in bed, we can see him showing up through the kindness of a stranger. I mean, I've seen it this week with people in my state showing up for the tornado victims with the resources they need. You know, that's the hands and feet of Christ, God in the world. He is moving. And though it is dark, we do catch glimpses and we can catch glimpses of that grace every day if we're intentional to grow in that journey and be more aware of his presence while also grappling with the moments where he does seem far off. Um, It's that tension we hold, but the goal is ultimately to, um, the goal of sacramental living is to grow in that perception, our perception of, of God in the world while we wait for the second coming of Christ. I love how intentional and it just causes us to like slow down. It's a time to slow down because I feel with the Christmas season as a whole, how rushed it is. Maybe especially as a mom of young kids, we get on Pinterest or we see on Instagram or whatever social media channel you want to name our friend doing everything like hanging up lights to stay and doing the advent calendar and up on the shelf and I mean like every last thing and sometimes you can feel like well why am I not doing that and put pressure on ourselves but advent calls us to slow down and be intentional and focus on no this is not a season I mean it's great I'm not saying anything's wrong with those traditions but the season as a whole is to slow down and focus on the birth of Christ who came to save us who came that we might have a bridge back to God. It's not to heap pressure on ourselves. Yes, 100%. Um, If someone is new to observing Advent, what advice would you have for them to get the most out of their season? Well, I think I kind of talked about this a little bit um, or touched on this part, just not to make it about a checklist. Advent shouldn't be a burden. Um, Advent itself, the season of Advent, that is a gift. It is a grace because we, like you said, Amber, it's a time to slow down and ponder and reflect on all the things that God has done and all the things that God is going to do. So I think my advice would just be to slow down and to really dig deep into what the Holy Spirit wants to show you through this season. Um, don't be afraid. You know, I've, I've kind of reiterated this a lot. Don't be afraid to face the darkness, but remember to do it with hope because while this is a season of waiting in the darkness, it's also a season of being people of hope and being people of hope despite the darkness. And so if it's okay, I'm going to read another little portion from Fleming's book. For all of us who are here today, getting ready for our worldly Christmas, let us make a place in our hearts for that strange, lonely, sentinel on the frontier of the ages, still pointing away from himself, talking about the John John the Baptist, still pointing away from himself to the one who is to come, identifying for us the place we are to stand. We're not zombies here at Grace Church. Let's be alive and alert. Whenever we do the right thing, in spite of its cost, we are doing what Christian soldiers do. We are standing our ground. It may not be a very big piece of ground, but it is the one that God has given us to hold. And it will be part of God's new world and the great liberation, the reconciliation of all things. Let the news go forth. God is on the move. He is creating a new humanity. You and I belong to it. Let us honor the master by holding our piece of territory and by remembering the needs of the least of these, his brethren. 
rejoice, rejoice believers and let your lights appear. And I just love that so much because that's what we have to do. We have to claim our little piece of ground. If it is little, if it's big, claim that too. But that's what we do in this perpetual season of Advent that we are in as Christians waiting the second coming of Christ. We wait while claiming where God has us and what he's called us to do in the darkness and where we show up as God to the world by being the hands and feet of Christ. So it reminds me how many um, times you, Rebecca and I get on Instagram and share our God stories and how God is present in our lives, even right here in the midst of brokenness and hardness and darkness, like God is present. And in doing so, as we've talked about, we bolster each other's faith and can there, it's like when you go to church and your fit, your spirit is fed so that you can go on into the dark world and feed others with the yes. love of Christ and how beautiful and meaningful that is. Advent is just amazing to me. And it's so sad to me that certain churches took a while to get to this because of how meaningful it is. Yes, Absolutely. To take a note from Rebecca's podcast, <laughs> I always like asking my <laughs> guests this because she's so wise and asking people this. But so I did not send you this question beforehand, but if you oh, had no. anything, <laughs> you got it, friend, promise. <laughs> if you have anything on your heart that you have not sure about regarding Advent, what would you like to share with our listeners? I might just be reiterating myself again, but I'm going to say it in a different way. So <laughs> I think I would just want to leave with just a note and word of encouragement, whatever you're going through in your own personal life journey. Maybe you've never participated in Advent before. Maybe you've never considered it to be a time of facing the darkness. Maybe that's a new concept for you. Maybe you were like me and um, really only considered it in regard to a season of waiting for the light and the birth of Christ and really never gave much thought beyond that to what it means. And so I would just encourage you all to, to lean into that. What does that mean? Um, challenge yourself with that new perspective and, you know, none of us can hide from the darkness. It comes for us all. I think, um, we have all people as Christians, we are fooling everybody. If we try and pretend that the darkness hasn't touched us, is touching us, will touch us. And so I think it's important to, to wrestle with that and grapple with that while at the same time, just asking where also we can have hope and where that hope can touch others in our darkness, in their darkness. And so it's very twofold. And I just think I would encourage you all to um, lean into both aspects of that and, and see what the Lord would have for you. Such a good answer. Even if it is what you call repetitive, it's perfect. And I think someone's going to listen to this that needs that. Thank you again for coming on and sharing with us. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun and I'm glad that this time it worked out. It's been a long time coming, but I am just thankful for you and our friendship and um, for your podcast and everybody listening. And I hope that everybody has a slow Advent season. I know this podcast will be coming out in the midst of Advent, but I hope you'll have some takeaways um, to take in with you for the rest of your season. And that maybe next Advent, you'll, you'll consider some of these perspectives um, for next year. So thanks for having me. Friends, was that not amazing? I'm so thankful for the work I get to do. I have always loved listening to people's stories and truly chatting with you all is my favorite part of my ministry. Come back next time for what is sure to be another impactful interview. 
And until then, as always, to God be the glory.